report. That Welcome one. to Postcast, David Locke, along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz stun the Denver Nuggets and maybe much of the NBA in an opening night performance that was just remarkable. Really from about the, like, it, it clicked in kind of late in the first quarter and the second quarter was through the roof. And then they endured it in the third quarter and held on and closed the game on a 25-9 to run to beat the Denver Nuggets 123-102. to David Locke along with Ron Boone here for Postcast. Thanks very much for tuning in, joining us live. Uh, Ron, what stunned you the most about this? The second quarter. The second quarter stunned me and, and to the point where the, now the Denver Nuggets are playing catch-up. And uh, they just didn't have it. I mean, they, they came out in the third quarter uh, and, and – the Jazz were able to hold them off and, and get it going. But that second quarter really stunned me. The crowd got behind him. All of a sudden, Rudy Gaze is knocking down three-point shots and, and uh, just kept everything rolling. So that huge lead at the half really kind of stunned me. Because I've always, you know, we've talked about this before, that the Denver Nuggets is a team that I thought had every position filled and, and, and probably more talented. Yeah, I was really, you know, there's a bunch of takeaways here. One of which, to me, Ron, uh, there, there's a lot of different things to touch on, but one is that the Jazz bench was just so much better than Denver's bench that the Jazz, we've taught, they, they may not have the Jokic and the Porter Jr. and Murray who didn't look very good. Either of them kind of didn't look great coming back tonight. But but what they do have is this kind of extended bench of guys all of somewhat equal value. And when the Jazz got to the bench and different guys, so many different people contributed, seven players in double figures tonight, but the bench really, really was able to, to dominate this game at times. That had to surprise you as well. It, it, you know, 35 points, but the bench at the at the half was probably what won the basketball game for them uh they a remarkable job of moving it uh knocking down shots and and uh probably had more energy i, I think than the Denver nuggets but i totally agree with you that uh that was a stunner there as well with that bench getting 35 point 35 of the of, of the what in the first half of, of the 75 points coming from the bench. So there's a bunch of kind of big picture things to talk about and then some individual play to talk about as well. Let's stay with the big picture things here to start. From an offensive game plan standpoint, we went to shooter on day. Here's Will Hardy making his coaching debut. You got to say he nailed it. They came with a plan. Alex Jensen was the, uh, the coach who had the scout today. Give him credit as well. But Will Hardy in his debut as a head coach, they had an absolute offensive game plan, and it worked to perfection in the first half, leading to 11 of 22 from three. So just think about that now, because every day, what they wanted to do was obviously a draw and kick. Quinn Snyder wanted to draw and kick there as well, but they couldn't start their their, their, their draw and kick or they couldn't start the offense for the most part consistently in the middle of the floor, either uh, off a of pick and roll or uh, feeding uh, Markadon or, or Vanderbilt at the top of the free throw line and then starting it, you know, to the point where uh, it, it was – that's probably what was uh, what helped the Jazz – you know, just take care of the Denver Nuggets to that point because uh, that's something the Jazz were not able to do last year because Rudy was not a threat, you know, from that position. They were able to get the ball in the middle of the floor and kick out and make plays in, in a way that they just had not in the past. Yeah. The first half story is second chance points. 22-4 yeah. in the first half for the Utah Jazz second chance points. And Jared Vanderbilt was a huge part of that. Boy, he is, uh, and, and again, here, here's a player that, you know, you and I have had conversation. We wondered where his value was going to come. We didn't see what we saw tonight in preseason. Uh, but, boy, is he aggressive. Uh, he, he goes after uh, rebounds and, and not going to be a scorer, uh, but he's a threat around the rim. So I, I think that, uh, well, we'll see what happens in the second ball game. But we see the value and what they saw him when they signed him. 
So from a standpoint of uh, first, second chance points, second we talked about the three-point shots. Flip it around defensively. What did they do to not allow Denver to get three-point shots? Denver last year was middle of the pack. They took 36% of their shots as threes. Tonight they took only 22 of 83 shots as threes. As big a story to me as everything's going to talk about offensively, because this actually happened in the preseason also where the Jazz were very good at this. What did the Jazz do that did not allow Denver to get three-point looks? Well, probably just, you know, they defended it. I mean, they closed out well, um, and Murray... uh, Porter, uh, I don't think Gordon's that big of a three-point threat, and, and Jokic, uh, it's just you, you expect them to be more of a, a three-point threat. Uh, Murray didn't have it. I mean, he, it's going to take a while for him uh, to be, to become a threat. Uh, they'll get better. I, thought, without you know, a I doubt. thought Porter looked super stiff. Yeah, I didn't think Porter looked good at all. And Murray did not have that usual no, kind well, of explosion that you'd expect first time playing since – I think it's his first game since April 12th of 2021. So maybe not a bad time to get the Nuggets, but nonetheless, the Jazz really, they, they were terrific. Yeah, the, the we big... don't want to undervalue the Denver Nuggets. We, we, I know we're giving the Jazz a lot of, a lot of credit, but, you know, but this, this team, the, the Denver Nuggets, you know, as you mentioned, two guys that just was not in the lineup last year, haven't played in how many games? For, was it 500-some games? Yeah, 500 for, days. For, for yeah. Murray, and, and so uh, they'll get better. Uh Fortunately enough, the Jazz caught hold of them here at the beginning of the year and uh, and took care of business. The stunner to me tonight, as much as that second quarter kind of blew our minds, but the real one, if you get right to it, is that the Jazz closed on a 25-9 to run. Because that game was actually following the script that I think a lot of us probably thought we could see a lot this year, which is the Jazz play super well in a quarter, they get hot with shots, they get a big lead, the other team walks you down, you get down to the to the final five minutes of the game, and then all of a sudden we don't have the guys to make the plays, they do, and you lose by three. Like yeah. That's kind of how it felt like this thing could go. But instead, the, over the last eight minutes, the Jazz closed on a 25-9 to nine run. That was after the quarter did not start well. The quarter started with the Nuggets, I think, on a 13-4 to four run, and then the Jazz answered on a 25-9 to nine run of their own. What did Mike Conley was in charge at that point. He was playing kind of a, a, an interesting double-stagger, high-pick-and-roll game, which he sometimes used, sometimes didn't. What did you see in that final eight minutes for the Jazz? Team? Well, uh, they were able to withstand the run there from that third quarter. 27-19, to 19, they got outscored. And, and uh, again, they, they just made some three-point shots. It's not that I, I, I saw anything different than what I saw in the second quarter, the third quarter, uh, the fact but they did knock down shots, some very important shots. And, and – Got the Nuggets in foul trouble early in, the, in that fourth quarter, and so that meant that they were going every time there was a foul, they're going to, going to the free throw line. So you know that helps. So we just hope that the Jazz can continue to to play at, at this level, uh, force team to play a very good basketball game uh, to win. Let's talk about foul trouble because that was a huge part of the game in a negative way. Yeah. The Jazz. Uh, Kelly Olenek gets in foul trouble, but Jared Vanderbilt picks up back-to-back fouls at the 9.30 mark of the third quarter and ends up going out of the game with five fouls and then stays in very little amount after that. Olenek, actually, who was playing very well, also plays 14 minutes. Vanderbilt plays 18. And that means that the Jazz suddenly had to rely on some versatility that they've talked about a lot we saw in person. Lowry Markinen slides down and plays a bunch of center tonight, which we didn't really think he was doing. And Walker Kessler, in his debut, plays 23 minutes, has 12 points and 10 rebounds. He's the first ever double-double for a rookie debut as a member of the Utah Jazz. There was a few guys who were pretty good who played here. Um, 
to what to me the, the the story of this game is that stretch where the Jazz survived and showed their depth by surviving that foul trouble. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. That the fact that they were able to survive that twenty-seven to nineteen run that the Denver Nuggets made in that third period, um, and uh, and then started that fourth quarter getting the Denver Nuggets into foul trouble, and which meant they were going to the free throw line and and knocking down free throws. That fourth quarter, David, the Jazz made, what, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. That's pretty nice. The Nuggets only went to the free throw line three times. That's pretty nice. Jazz just had all, every statistical advantage you could imagine, shot distribution, threes made, second chance points, all those various things uh, were super impressive uh, tonight. Uh, Off the bench, 20 for Sexton, 12 for Kessler, 16 for Gay. I don't know if we're getting six out of eight. From Rudy and four out of six from three. That was pretty nice. Malik Beasley goes five of 13, sharp shooting. He had 15. Who, if, if, if on my podcast every day, I'm giving out two stars in each game this year. I, I, this one's going to be hard to choose two oh, stars. Boy, yeah. If you had to choose two stars tonight, like in hockey, they give out the three stars and they all skate out on the ice. If you had to give out two stars today, I, I get to think about it tonight and come up with it tomorrow. Who would you give two stars to, Ron? I, I think for the first half, I'm giving it to Vanderbilt. Second half, I'm going to give it to Kessler. Oh, really? Because of, of, of the foul trouble and the amount of minutes that he had to spend out there on the floor. Um, he scored. He got rebounds. And so it, it, that kind of thing. And maybe I'm giving it to him because of, of the unexpected. Yeah. But uh, that's that's where I would give it to. So I will, pro- I will certainly give one of my two stars to Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought he his presence controlled – calmly controlled the game in the final six, seven minutes when they had to win it tonight. That, uh, you know, he didn't get to do that, like, right? That was Donovan's time. And he, he said it to us. He had a subtle little comment. It, Mike's had this. Mike's wonderful. He's just truly like, I, I, can, I just am not sure I've ever dealt with a nicer person um, in press conferences and interactions in this league. But he still is fiery, and he's got a little edge to him this year in our conversations with him. He basically said, I'm excited to prove what I can do again, which was like, oh, like you didn't get to prove it in the past. And there was a little bit, another one about, he made some comment about responsibility late. I'm excited to have that back or something of that nature. So I think that's, um, I think that's it. One other thing I wanted to point out today that just kind of a storyline that we didn't prepare for that just emanated from the ground. And it came from Will Hardy in the press conference today. And it came from Walker Kessler in our postgame. And it was Will Hardy was asked something about, Thurl asked him a question. I can't remember exactly what Thurl's question was. It was this amazing answer that Will Hardy's biggest surprise has been how well everyone's gotten along. Mm -hmm. He openly said, I was really concerned with the amount of open minutes we had available on this roster and the amount of guys trying to prove themselves at different stages that we would have appropriate competitiveness Instead, and, and that we wouldn't have, that we might have inappropriate competitors. So we have problems, and we haven't had that. I've been super impressed by that, and I thought that was an interesting comment. And then Walker Kessler, like a rookie who's usually pretty ostr- outcast at this point in his like stage. I love these guys. This is a one like this has been so amazing. Like that's not usually what you hear out of a rookie at that point. Well, it, it, it's fascinating to hear that because it, it, that's the the guy that doesn't know, right? Uh, and and what he's witness was what he probably wasn't expecting and and he's very pleased pleased with that now i think what hardy is is talking about is the fact that these guys are fighting for minutes 
uh, tremendous amount of competition going on out there on the floor. Uh, and so some guys trying to make the basketball team. So maybe he was expecting, uh, you know, some fights or something like that, which is, you know, it's not unheard of for, you know, for guys with competition well, getting can, in can, fights can with Can even each other. be out of world champions sometimes. What's that? Can sometimes be fights yeah, in world champions. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, and, and so I, he had to be impressed with that. But it, a lot has to do with, you know, your coaching and, and uh, the kind of players that you bring in. You heard uh, Justin Vanek this morning say about the character that guys that would – the amount of character that they have on this team. So maybe that feels over into that as well. Jazz win it in a blowout, frankly. This was not close ever. Denver never really had those possessions late in the game that made you think they were going to win it. Uh, seven guys in double figures, 123-102, a stunner uh, for what people expected. And the Jazz wrote the script tonight on how they're going to win basketball games. We'll see how often they can do it as the season goes on. On behalf of Ron Boone, I'm David Locke. This has been Postcast Locked on Jazz. We'll come to you tomorrow. Thanks very much. Subscribe at Locked on Jazz on YouTube. Hit the bell so you know whenever we go live after ball games, we'll tell you right away. Please hit that bell. And if you're listening on the podcast, please give us a five-star review. Thank you very much. Have a great one.